Praise the Lord. This is Dr. Ruth. Welcome to our teaching in the New Testament as we continue here in the Gospels. We are in the Gospel of Matthew. Today I will pick it up in Matthew chapter 8. And as you recall, hopefully you have listened to uh, Matthew chapter 7. The Lord Jesus had just finished his timeless, profound teaching called the Sermon on the Mount. So we pick it up here in chapter 8. The Lord is coming down from the mountain and that is where we pick it up. So before I get into the verses, what is the gist of this chapter? This chapter... The gist is that we will learn about the Lord Jesus' authority over sicknesses and diseases. Essentially, we will learn about his healing ministry. We will see the Lord Jesus reversing sicknesses and diseases, which highlights the fact that sicknesses and diseases were not in God's original plan for mankind. Sicknesses and diseases came about because of sin. That original sin committed by Adam and Eve in Genesis uh, chapter 3, which we have discussed for those of you who have been listening to me. And uh, as we will see the Lord Jesus' healing ministry, it will give us a, a glimpse into heaven, if you will, because in heaven... There are no sicknesses and diseases. So we will see the Lord Jesus just giving us a glimpse into what heaven will look like and into what the world would look like after his second coming. So I pick it up here in Matthew 8. I begin to read verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, Large crowds followed him. Verse 2. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Let me pause there. A couple of things are going on here. You have to understand that leprosy back then and even now, Leprosy then was a very contagious disease. And if you've listened to my teaching in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 14, I discussed how when you were diagnosed with leprosy, you were on isolation. Okay? You were not allowed to mingle with the other people in the community because you were highly contagious. So we see this man with leprosy who was supposed to be isolated and highly contagious, we see this man in faith following Jesus and seeking to be healed. And he came to the Lord because he wasn't sure if the Lord was going to heal him. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is a powerful statement because today there are people who are still going to the Lord and asking, Lord, are you willing for me to be healed? Are you willing to heal me? Lord, if you are willing, you know, as we will find out, the Lord Jesus is always, always willing 
for us to receive our healing. And as we would later find out, when he died on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago, he not only died for the forgiveness of sins, he also died so we could receive physical healing in our bodies. So Jesus is always willing. And we know, because the Bible teaches us out of Hebrews chapter 13, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So let's find out how Jesus responded to this man, and it is the same way he is responding to us today. Verse 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be cleaned. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Let's stop. Jesus said, I am willing. And then he touched the man. And immediately, that man was cleansed of his leprosy. A couple of things going on here. God is always willing for us to be restored physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And like I said, leprosy was highly contagious. And if you touched somebody with leprosy, you would be contaminated. You would be considered unclean, at least based on the Leviticus law. But here we see the Lord Jesus <laughs> touching this man who was leprous. And Jesus was not contaminated and Jesus did not get leprosy. What does this tell you? We see Jesus exerting authority over sicknesses and diseases. Glory to God. Verse 4, Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. What is the Lord saying? Leviticus chapter 14. When you were diagnosed with leprosy, like I said, you would be isolated. That way you would not contaminate others. And then once you are restored, once you are healed, the priest was supposed to inspect you. Once the, the priest inspects you and declares you clean, then you can go and start to mingle with the rest of the people in the community. So that was what the Lord Jesus was uh, teaching here, that this man who was clean should go and show himself to the priest. That way he would be restored back into the community. And also the Lord Jesus told this man not to tell anyone. Why? As we will find out, and the uh, Gospel of Mark has more of this, it is what is called the secret motives. Essentially, the Lord Jesus, at his first coming, came primarily for spiritual restoration, to overcome the bondages of sin and death. He did not come to set up a physical kingdom. He came as a Messiah. So the Lord Jesus was very aware that if people started to quickly spread his fame around as a healer, the wrong people would be attracted to him. Or people would come to him primarily seeking uh, physical healing versus spiritual healing first. 
okay even though the the healing of physical diseases was a part of what the messiah would do jesus was primarily more concerned about spiritual healing and restoration so the lord jesus did not want this man to go spread it all over town that jesus was uh, a healer that way people would be coming to him for the wrong reason boy this is a tough one how do you receive healing from the Lord and don't and don't spread it? Obviously, as we would find out, many people that the Lord told is to ignore that and they spread it around and people started following him for for physical healing and for other requests. Also, and most importantly, God the Father had preordained a specific time for the Lord Jesus' identity as the Messiah to be revealed. So, the primary reason for the Lord Jesus' secret motive was that it was not the right time for his identity to be fully disclosed. But anyway, so that is what I really wanted to say there. So we've, we've seen how the Lord Jesus is already exerting control over sicknesses and diseases. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. I'm trusting God you are doing great today. And I thank you for joining me today as we continue to study the word of God. Real quick. I just want to say for those of you who have been listening to me for some time i am trusting god you have been growing in his word you have been blessed and if you are listening to me for the first time welcome and i trust god that you will be blessed 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 because the word of god never returns void friends here's the situation as you have been blessed by these teachings did you know that the word of god teaches that as you bless us back with your financial giving God himself will be certain to bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. I'm sure you know this, right? But let me just share with you the words of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, out of the Gospel of Luke 6, 38, out of the NIV. It teaches, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In context, that the Lord Jesus is saying, as you give into his work, God will be certain to give it back to you abundantly, exceedingly. So friend, I just ask you to open your hearts to bless us with a one-time donation so we can put it right back into this uh, podcast uh, ministry and pay for studio time to produce more teachings that are blessing you and will bless many, many others. Remember, give and it shall be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over will be poured into your lap. As you give into God's work, God will give it back to you abundantly and exceedingly. Most importantly, you will be helping us to transform lives. So here are three ways you can give. Visit our safe and secure website, drruthtanyi.org donate and make a one-time donation right there. Whatever amount the Lord puts into your heart, we receive that. So uh, all you need is an internet access. You can do this anywhere in the world, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And if you live here in the USA, we also receive donations through Cash App. 
and the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Again, for Cash App, the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyi. And also, if you live here in the USA, you can uh, send uh, your donation through Zelle. And here is a telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, that telephone number is 909-501-9031. And from the bottom of our heart here at the ministry, we say thank you and most importantly, God says thank you for your generous love donation into his work so we can produce more programs to reach out to many, many others. And as I have read out of Luke 638, God is faithful. God will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly until it overflows. So friend, we thank you for your donation today. And uh, here is the teaching. Moving along here in verse 5. Jesus now came into or entered the city of Capernaum and a centurion came to him asking for help. Let me pause. A centurion back then during the Roman rule was a soldier who was under the Roman Empire. This was a Gentile and this was such a respected position with a lot of power and authority and a centurion would have over about a hundred soldiers under him. So this centurion who came to Jesus was a very respected man in the Roman Empire there. Verse 6, Lord, this is a centurion speaking now. He said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. So this centurion came to Jesus seeking healing for his servant. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Wow, isn't this amazing? Isn't it obvious why the centurion came to Jesus? But we see the Lord Jesus asking him a question as the Lord would typically do. The Lord Jesus would always ask questions <laughs> throughout his ministry to stir people's faith, okay? To see where people really are. Although he knows he wanted them to verbalize it. So we, 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 we see the Lord asking, shall I come to heal him? And another thing is happening here. Free will. Just like everything else with the Lord to receive your healing or anything else from the Lord, you must want it. You must desire it. God will not automatically intervene in our lives without our permission and cooperation. Please remember this. You must desire it, you must want it, and you must reach out. Free will. Okay, verse 8. The centurion replied, Lord, the centurion is about to talk about his authority now. He said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Oh, how powerful. Look at the centurion, a non-Jew, a man who had respect and authority, and he had so much trust and faith in Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, I don't deserve for you to come under my roof. I trust you enough. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. This centurion had 100% trust in Jesus. 
And before I proceed, let me say three things we can learn from this centurion right now, which is powerful. Number one, this centurion was a man of authority, position, and well-respected. He could have been proud, but he chose not to allow his pride, i.e. his position, to prevent him from seeking the Lord. Please, whether you have a title behind your name as double PhD, scientist of the world, medical doctor, don't let your position of pride prevent you from seeking the Lord for anything. That would be considered foolish because God elevates the humble. Number two, this centurion did not allow doubts. Doubt why? Because he was not even a Jew. Remember, the Lord Jesus came first to seek the Jews. And then when the Jews rejected him, then he turned to the Gentiles. So this centurion did not allow doubt or fear that he was not an Israelite to prevent him. He went after the Lord wholeheartedly. Boy, likewise, if you are listening to me for the first time and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not let that intimidate you. Reach out to God. He is always willing. Okay? And the third thing, which really is a piggyback to the second one, he didn't care. This centurion didn't care if the Jews were going to mock him, if the Jews were going to look at him in a funny way. He went after Jesus. Likewise, don't let other Christians, or if you are unbeliever, don't let Christians uh, mock you or don't be threatened by them. You seek God personally. He is willing. Powerful lessons from this centurion we are learning right away. Okay, I uh, pick it up here. Um, now, after, after the centurion had told the Lord Jesus to just say the word, we come to verse 10. Let's listen to the Lord's response. When Jesus heard this, this is verse 10, he was amazed and said to those following him. Now, the Lord Jesus is going to use the centurion's response, the centurion's faith and power in him and in the word of God to teach a powerful principle about end times. Let's read it. Truly, I tell you, this is the Lord Jesus teaching now. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Verse 11. I said to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 12, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and garnishing of teeth. What is the Lord saying? Now remember this centurion was not a Jew. So the Lord is saying that he is acknowledging the great faith, i.e. great here is implying strong, unwavering faith of this non-Jew. And the Lord is saying that at the end time, many will come from the east and the west to take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, i.e end times time of judgment but the subjects of the kingdom i.e the israelites the jews 
who were supposed to be the called ones will be kicked out because they would reject him and the Gentiles will be accepted. The Lord Jesus is referring to the faith of the Gentile in context here. Okay, moving on here in verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Powerful. There is a principle here that the Lord is teaching. Go, let it be done just as you believed. This principle is taught throughout the scriptures, especially highlighted in the ministry of Jesus. What is the principle? In accordance to your faith, it shall be done unto you. Did you get that? In other words, we receive from God in accordance to how we believe. Oh boy, if you can get this. As an example, if you are sick in your body and you believe that healing is your portion and you believe that the Lord Jesus already healed you on Calvary's cross and your role is to meditate on that, renew your mind, believe that, stand on his word and then you do your part based on the authority of God's word, you would receive some kind of healing in your body because the way we believe is how we receive. This is a non-negotiable law of God, which explains why some Christians are really receiving a lot from the Lord and others are not. It's how we believe. And Jesus will teach this principle throughout the gospels. According to your faith, it shall be done unto you. If you are seeking your body, as an example, if you're not believing God for healing, then you won't receive it, right? That, that is just it. If, if you, you have no food in your refrigerator and you're not believing God for miracle, you're not believing God to provide, and instead you are getting out there begging and you're trying to accomplish this through your own efforts, well, you won't receive from God because you're not believing him. So what does that teach us? Let us learn to believe God as our provider, as our healer. Let us trust his word and allow God's blessings to chase us as we believe. And how do we believe? We take the word of God, we renew our minds, we meditate on it, we stand on it, and we allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. Okay, in Jesus' name. All right, moving right along here. We come to verse 14. Uh, Jesus continues here with his healing ministry. In verse 14, Jesus entered the house of Peter. This is one of his disciples, the apostle Peter. And the apostles, Peter's mother-in-law was ill with a fever. Jesus healed her. And in verse 15, uh, we are told how Jesus touched her hand and the fever left. And again, we see the Lord Jesus exerting his control and authority over sicknesses and diseases and Peter's mother-in-law got up and started to serve the Lord and then in verse 16 there it was evening time and a lot of people who were demon possessed were brought to the Lord Jesus and he drove drove out the spirits uh, out of them with a word, i.e. the word of God, i.e. he spoke the word, and the and the the uh, the demons, the demonic spirits, the diseases left people. 
they right away we are learning that some diseases are demonic in origin okay whether it's demonic or physical we can still stand on the word of god and speak to our bodies and receive healing by faith trusting on the power of the holy spirit and towards the end of verse 16 there all of them were healed Verse 17, Matthew is going to remind us of a prophecy about the Messiah as our healer. Let me read that. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what is this? This meaning all the healings that the Lord Jesus was doing in his ministry. Matthew is saying that this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And that prophecy went on to say, by his stripes, we are healed. Powerful prophecy. Out of Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5, we see prophecy being fulfilled here by the Lord Jesus as the healer, as the Messiah. So Matthew is reminding us of that prophecy written by the prophet Isaiah some 700 years before the ministry of the Lord Jesus, we see the Lord Jesus fulfilling that prophecy by healing people. Glory to God. You know, I know that there are some people who are saying that the prophecy in Isaiah 53 verses 3 through 5 had to do with healing in the spiritual realm only. That is false. There are others who are saying that the prophecy in Isaiah 53 has to do with healing for the nation of Israel, that is false. We see clearly here that that has to do with physical healing or healings in our bodies that the Messiah would fulfill. Okay, I know this is so deep and I don't have much time to talk about this, but for those who want to learn more about this or for those who want to learn, who are interested in learning about healing, Receiving your healing, I highly recommend my testimonial book. And I'm sure most of you are aware that I received my healing. The Lord healed me uh, almost 12 years ago from metastasis colon cancer when I was given a very short time to leave. And my book has been out now for about a year. It is titled Healed by the Stripes of Jesus. And I also have a four four-part audio CD teaching based on the uh, teachings in the book, which really is teaching you how to receive your healing and stand on the word of God and see healing manifest in your body. That is a four-part audio CD. You can uh, contact the ministry, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org and order my testimonial book and or the audio CD, many people get them together. Okay, that is drruthtanyi.org. I really recommend it because it's a teaching handbook on healing and it has really helped hundreds of people. So I don't have time to get into healing, but get uh, those extra resources to help you. But the Lord Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And healing is available to all those who believe. Remember, according to your faith or according to how you believe, it shall be done unto you. 
So you want to make sure you're believing correctly in accordance to God's word to receive anything from the Lord. Okay. Today is a day the Lord has made. So rejoice in it as you proceed with the rest of your day. I am Chris Horan. Goodbye.